0: Welcome back folks, Um, we're taking a step further away from where I had intended to go uh, and yet it still, I believe, is in the essence and value of seeking to equip the church to function as Christ's ambassadors here on earth, um, missionally speaking. Um, I I was partway through saving this file and this audio as uh, financial freedom. I thought, hang on a minute, Um, that's not what I want to say. And that's why I've called it freedom from finances. Now, that doesn't mean, uh, as believers, we're looking to be free from a system of finances because the reality is we're here on this earth. And and while we're here on this earth, uh, we, we are functioning essentially as aliens, but we still need to uh, render that to Caesar, which belongs to Caesar. And we still need to work within the system, but not be of the system, if you like. And so... Essentially, what you know, Peter and I have been discussing. If you haven't been out to tune in over the past, is you know, freedom, rest, um, confidence in Christ, uh, boldness, and uh, we've margins. just been, and yeah, margins. We've just been talking about uh, in the last session. We ended off talking uh, about, well, asking the question of you, um, how how are finances inhibiting or thwarting or minimizing your ability to function freely in the calling or the leading from christ our king um uh, as, as you as you should and could um so so i don't know how you've answered that question but uh i'm just going to kind of throw it over to peter without any specific question in relation to all that because as as i said to peter um half a part way through last session you know it's um where, where do we start and stop with this area? Because this is one which is a dominating theme uh, in, in our culture. Peter.
1: So what specifically are you asking me, Craig?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, the, 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 the gravity like, just just give me a chance to summarise my thoughts that, um, you know, I, I, picture, I picture someone that's trying to, to run a race. But every time they seek to move, you know their legs tied or their arms in the wrong position, or they, you know, their kind of their legs are bound. And the first task to get to the end of the line is to unbind themselves. Now we know that Christ sets us free. Christ delivers us, like He delivered the Israelites. So I guess my question is, you know, maybe in in order for us to live out the purposes of Christ on this earth in the life that He's given us and where He's planted us, what are some of the things? What are some of the big rocks, if you like, in regard to uninhibiting ourselves financially? I mean, there's, there's as like individuals
1: fought. or as part of our Starfish Network?
0: Uh, in, probably individuals because that, by imp- implication, has a bearing then on whatever community, church community you find yourself in because you know fi- we can't get away from finances. So perhaps start individually. I've given you no prep on this, Peter, so
1: my, my apologies. I hope, hope you've got something. Back to Grand Designs and <laughs> that couple... Part way through, when they realised that their $850,000 original budget was gone and all they had was a hole in the ground and a concrete slab, the compare came and asked them if they realised that now it was time to back down and to give up. The whole way through, they kept saying, no, no, we've had a near-death experience, we're going ahead. When it came to choosing furnishings, they chose the best. When it came to cladding, they chose uh, the most labour-intensive cladding that they could possibly come up with. And everything was costing them money. And the whole way through, they had a chance to say, should we evaluate and go back on this? And every single time, they said no. The result is they've now got uh, 12 or whatever it is, mortgages and loans, and life is not joyful for them at all. No. So the first thing would be for every single one of us, in the area of finances, is to surrender when and then thinking.
0: Yeah.
1: When I get this, then I'll be happy. Because <clears throat> lack of contentment, which comes out of uh, an unsecure identity, has us wanting something that we don't have, thinking that that will make us happy. Yeah. But when we realise that, that joy is living loved and living loving, we can then surrender the thought that things will make us happy and that that commodity or or real estate or or bank account or whatever will make us happy. And so I believe that surrendering that regularly and, and treating it like an addiction, if it is. So the, the first thing, you know, the, the, the journey of a 1,000 kilometres starts not only with the first step, but it starts from where you're at.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So financial freedom doesn't start with where I would like to be or where someone else is, but it starts with where I'm at. Yeah. And so if that is mortgage-free and debt-free, that's where I start from. If that is that I'm up against it and just about to declare bankruptcy, that's where I start from. Yeah. And so having an honest appraisal of our current situation I think is really important. Uh, secondly, I actually believe there are some things that are helpful for us as believers or as followers of Jesus, which I would never make uh, mandatory for others. Uh, I remember that a few years ago, you and I had the discussion about whether we were meant to live with uh, credit card debt or not. Yeah. And your family and our family came to the conclusion, having sought God in prayer and spoken to other people who testified into our lives that this isn't something we make as a must-do for all other followers of Jesus, but in hearing what he had spoken to us, we believe that's something we should follow. Craig, I can't tell you the difference that that made to Julie and myself. We wanted the credit card points. Mm -hmm. So everything we, we, we purchased, we put on credit card. At the end of the month, when there was a small distribution from Starfish Oz or when other people would bless us, we would then harness together from wherever we could enough money to pay off what we'd spent on living for the previous month, go a great big fuel, and then face the next month with our credit card. When we were led by the Holy Spirit to uh, do that change, we uh, paid off the credit card we then would use the money that God would grant to us to live off for the next month. What we could live off, we would, and what we couldn't, we wouldn't. It's it's like living a month behind with a credit card. We were living a month behind, and then the stress was to find stuff to harness uh, together to pay it off, whereas now we're living... uh, In
0: in real time.
1: In real time with what we've got. And, And, you know, an even better thing for, for for us and for many, many people. I know a couple who are doing really well uh, in terms of externally looking in on their life uh, financially, and I asked them what the secret was, and they said, three or four years ago, we realised that we were addicted to spending, and they said, Peter, please don't laugh. Please don't judge us. We've gone back to going to the bank, pulling out money in cash, and putting it into envelopes. We've got an envelope car rego, Car insurance, we've got an envelope, groceries, we've got an envelope, school uniforms, we've got an envelope. They said, We've got all these envelopes, and they said that has helped us live within our means. So, uh, this may not sound very, very biblical stuff, but it it actually is. If for freedom, Christ has set us free, whatever is necessary for us then to live uh, in financial freedom and not to live beyond our means and not to live. Uh, outside of that, it, it actually then frees us to be generous. It actually frees us to sow into the lives of others and be a blessing to others. Yeah. The the, the joy is going to bed knowing you're not living a month behind. A- absolutely. Playing catch-up is a very, very nasty way to live. And, and the disenfranchisement
0: internally that you have when it's not a month but it's a year or several years or a lifetime of overcommitment... Uh, is soul destroying? Is it yeah. not? Uh, finan- yeah. finan- you know, from a financial perspective, from a from a peace perspective, you know, the, you know, what does it say? The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. But you know, peace vaporizes around financial obligation. In my conviction,
1: and so I'm really proud of this one couple I know who recognised that they were being an ineffective witness to other followers of Jesus because of their financial yeah. situation. Went to see a finance counsellor consolidated all their loans, consolidated all their credit card payments. They had four or five credit cards. They were all maxed out. They now have one loan, which they are paying off at a far less interest rate than all the others. Uh, Where are they? Are they behind the eight ball? Not nearly as much as what they were. Why? Because they recognised their situation, decided to do something about it. And they actually now are starting to contribute to some kingdom causes because they said, we've got capacity... uh, Yes, we could be putting this off the line, but we're actually finding joy and freedom and opportunity in doing this. We don't have to, yeah. but we're finding a blessing in doing this.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of places we can go. You know, I think
1: that Take us to the one the Holy Spirit's placing on you right now, Craig. Yeah. Without thinking.
0: Yeah, no, look, it's, it's probably around the idea that um, you know when we talk about margin, we're talking about having space. If I have financial margin, I've made choices that enables me To have extra now here's a little difficulty on the side just to kind of talk this one out that i know that when i when things are tight financially for our family i don't entertain the thought of purchasing a jacket when things get a little bit looser i start entertaining ideas about all sorts of things which aren't necessary so in a similar sense you know, we can we can steward our way to, let's just call it prosperity, You're having more than what we need. That's my definition of it. Um, but then what we do with that more than what we, we need. And so I guess, you know, it's one thing to get ourselves to that place and easily then feel like, ah, okay, I've got some, I can start to purchase some of those luxuries. Um, but then, you know, what what was the verse you shared before about the righteousness, generosity? Um, that was Galatians 5, 13.
1: No, it was, uh, it was from Second Corinthians chapter 9, where God increases our harvest of righteousness to make it possible for us to be generous in every circumstance. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So really, it's, it's realistically, for, for me, I'm thinking, you know, I, I want to make finances
1: subservient to the purposes of Christ in me. You know what I think you've come across, Craig? I think you have looked in the face and addressed the arse uh, stuff it posture. The ah, stuff it posture is when we recognize we're in a situation. We then seek to do something about it. We have a little bit of a stumble. At the stumble, we think it's too hard, so we go ah, stuff it. So, someone tries to get fit. They're very, very unfit. They get to a hill. They struggle up the hill, they slip and they fall, they're sitting on their backside, they go, I'm never going to get fit, they're reduced to tears, they go home and they go, ah, stuff it. And they don't go out walking ever again. It's, it's overwhelming. So It debt. becomes overwhelming, yeah. exactly. And so with finances, the, 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 the situation that, that, as an example, you mentioned before, where someone may be two, three, four years or lifetime of debt, that their, their parents may be third or fourth generation, of their, 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 their history may be third or fourth generation of debt. And they say, right, I'm going to do something about it. And then they get a bill, and then they get another one, and then they get another one, and in the end they go, ah, stuff it. And they are probably more likely to go on a spending spree than someone else. That's because right. That's Because right. they go back to a lifestyle of slavery, uh, to systems that they've been brought up in, and we as the body of Christ are meant to be each other's cheer squad. So as we grow in the body of Christ into transparency, vulnerability, humility, uh, honesty and simplicity, we can become the cheer squad in other people's lives that can break the "ah stuff it syndrome yeah. and can say, you know what, three steps backwards this week, but actually total progress one step forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: and uh, I sit here wondering, how, how did we get to be talking about this? But if, if we have a Father's heart for people within our wider community and if the people we're addressing have a Father's heart for people in their lives... Uh, we will want to address these topics that often don't get addressed anywhere else yeah. except from the self-help manual.
0: It's interesting, you know, what comes to mind as you were sharing a moment ago is I remember Tony Fitzgerald sitting in our lounge room with a group of people and just said, look, I, I feel like God wants to deal with some financial issues. Stick your hand up if you, if, if that's you. And, you know, boom, within moments, three hands went up. And you've, people have heard me share this before. And they said, OK, let's let just a little word of explanation. Uh, God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, and I find myself talking about this again. Um, and so there was a great supernatural act of deliverance that couldn't have been procured through anything except God's power. But once they were out, they spent the rest of their time before they entered the promised land learning the principles of God. And I think you've spoken about something like this too, Peter, where, where deliverance is well and truly uh, part of you know, God's capacity to save us. Once he's saved us, though, he teaches us his principles. And, and faith and stewardship are intrinsically bound. You know, faith without works is dead. Faith without stewardship is dead. And so there's a necessity to steward finances to a place where we can enter in the promisings of God. Would you, would you disagree, agree? Not necessarily. I, I,
1: I agree with that, Craig. And if I can add one thing, because I know we're out of time. Every single day they were in the wilderness, yeah. they lived on a supernatural miracle of God. Yeah, yeah. It was called manna and quails. Yeah. But you can't tell me that there wasn't a time where they said, oh, flippin' heck, not manner again. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm sick of quail. I'm never going to eat chook again for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And something, change, something dies in us Yeah. when that's our attitude. Yeah. Our, oh, flippin' heck, I'm stuck in this situation. Uh, actually, actually, God's been working in my life. I may not be where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Yeah. Thank you, Father. And what's the vision that's set before us? Exactly. Is it, is, it, is it
0: another house or is it to sow into the world as a father?
1: And so uh, so learning to be, uh, you know, as Paul talks about in Philippians 5, that, that he said, I've learned to be grateful. I've learned to be thankful. And thanksgiving and contentment go hand in yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. And so it might be quail and it might be manna, but Lord, you are sustaining me. You are in this situation. This is a supernatural provision. You've placed me in a community You are guiding and leading my path. I thank you. And so wherever we find ourselves, we can say, Father, I thank you. You are my trust. You are my portion. You are my lot. You are my provider. You are my Jehovah Jireh. Uh, I'm so grateful to you. And uh, I pray that you use use me as a conduit of your love and goodness and generosity as I sow into others. I can't think of a better way to finish, Peter. Thank you for your time again.